Good. You feel good? I feel good. We're here. We're here. Are, we, are we recording? We're, we're live. recording. We're live. We are, you are looking live. <laughs> looking live. At, at, a, at a cinephile and me. A cinephile <laughs> and me. Cinephile me. That, that'll be the my biography, maybe. My, the cinephile and me. Yeah, Roger and me. Cinephile <laughs> and me. Well, Ben, um, how's it been? How's it been going? Ben, how's it been? It's been good. It's been good. I mean, I'm here still in lovely Los Angeles. It's finally cooling off a bit. It's getting a little crisp and autumnal. Very cold here in Utah. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, you are in, you know, you're up in the mountains somewhere yeah. getting ready for whatever. <laughs> Get ready for the chaos. Chaos. Lay, it is, it is in, here. Laying in dry goods and uh, <laughs> cans of beans in uh, gold, I guess. That's, you just always got to have gold because that's. <laughs> That's what you're going to need if the apocalypse strikes is gold. That's yep. what everyone's going to want. 100%. Um, firearms probably would, would make sense in that scenario, uh, though I'm not a big fan. But uh, yeah, we're talking movies. We're talking about a, cra- a crazy dude. We're talking about a wild and crazy dude who lived wild a Wild and crazy ago. guy. Man, was, man of he destiny. Was, he was the history on horseback himself. Yes, we are talking about Black Adam. <laughs> uh we're talking about Napoleon. We're talking about Ridley Scott's Napoleon. Uh, someone pointed out to me that on the billboards, the name of the writer is like very prominent. Uh, the name of the writer is given equal billing. Oh, on the David Scarpa. Which, yeah. Which is, I guess, somebody was surprised by this. And I guess I would, on reflection, was surprised. I mean, we love writers. We love to see them get some some play, some run, some love. But I don't know that his name is... Um, you know, I, I mean, for his family members, I'm sure that get that'll get them there. <laughs> but for anyone else, I don't know if that's really uh, going to pull them into the theater. No, an odd but, one. I mean, to... What do I know? What do I know? No, no, it it is incredibly odd because he actually is not known for writing too much. Uh, he did he worked with Scott on All the Money in the World, and then 11 years prior to that, he did the uh, remake of The Day the Earth Stood Still. Um, so, I mean, the guy is not a prolific writer, so it's, it's an interesting, uh, it might be because he's man in the high castle. He create he's okay. executive producer on man in the high castle. Well, there you go. I mean, good for him, right? Get your, you know, get your run, secure your bag, yeah. secure your name on a billboard. God bless. Yeah. So it's funny cause I, listeners will know. I always try to not know what you think about the movies. I certainly don't tell you what I think about the movies. But I did see a screenshot of your letterbox. Uh, yeah. When you were telling people to follow you that included the star rating you gave to this movie, I believe. So I sense that you enjoyed Napoleon. I sense that you liked this movie. Ben, this is the funniest movie this year I think I've seen. Well, I mean, <laughs> people do say there's a comedy drought. Okay. Okay. Say say more, Kyle. So, Tell us more about how you feel about the the humor of this movie. Well, I think so. Obviously, there's a long history to this work, and it goes all the way back to Stanley Kubrick to the late 19th century, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, French Revolution. or that. It goes even further than what I'm even to, alluding to. The middle to. of the, the middle of the 18th century in Corsica. Well, this, this particular film project goes back to the research of Stanley Kubrick. In fact, a lot of this influence and research is utilized in David Scarpa's uh, distillation of his research and aims and themes that he wanted to tackle. Obviously, that project never got made, and it's for a couple reasons. One, it was too ambitious, and uh, and the other is because he kind of ventured the same themes in a movie that you and I talked about 
for Dead Reckoner a long time ago, and that's Barry Lyndon. One, one of your faves. One, one of my the, favorites. One of your faves, and a, I love that movie. I love yes. that movie. That's so. So we got something very, very wonderful out of all that uh, that time and effort, even if we did not get the Napoleon movie. Well, very much, yeah. No, and, and Barry Lyndon, I think, is the. If we're gonna be do a compare and contrast, Barry Lyndon's the masterpiece version of this. The themes, the 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 idea of history, the idea yeah, of the aristocracy. Uh, if you told me you liked this movie more than Barry Lyndon, no, I would be. I would be, be shocked. It would be shocking. I would be yeah. surprised because I think that you can probably count on you know your hands the number of movies you you like more than Barry Lyndon. So. Very very few I like more than Barry Lyndon. I so, love so, that movie. So it doesn't it doesn't catapult into the um into the inner circle of the Hall of Fame. No. But it gives <laughs> really, you <laughs> No, very much not. But it gives you kind of an understanding why I liked this and why I was shocked because I actually went in not thinking I was not going to enjoy it, not enjoy. I thought, I thought production quality, I was going to be impressed by Ridley Scott is impressive in every regard. Uh, like he, he runs his sets like a, a general, like he, he is this kind of figure. He is Napoleon. He is Napoleon in, in a large sense. Of I don't the know world. how tall the man is. I don't, I have no sense of his height. I, be, I believe he's taller than Napoleon, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, as I sat, I think it hit me. There's a moment in the first when when they are trying to take over the it's down in was it southern France? no it was northern France and they're trying to take a bastion from from the um a a a, a, a kind of center point for the for the port from the British and a cannonball hits his horse and it erupts in cartoonish violence that I went, Oh, something's clicking for me. This is supposed to be a little over the top and it's supposed to be a little, uh, funny. And especially when he comes back to the horse and like rummages through its chest to take out the little cannonball. And I don't know from that moment on, I was, because I was a little confused and then it clicked, and then everything became really funny to me. I started to see the disdain that Ridley Scott has for men of power. I think he think he equates it in a sense of that it doesn't last. Like he does a lot of parallels, image image parallels to the Egyptians and the mummies, and the he he uses a. a, a inaccurate history to parallel him to Marie Antoinette and Louis uh, the the 14th. And so things started to kind of click for me. And then it was the petulance, the incel kind of nature of Napoleon himself in this kind of sleepy eyed, ambivalent performance, this stoic performance that then erupts in tantrums from Joaquin Phoenix. And for me, I I got it. I I understood the the meaninglessness of the the war scenes. You know that that it, that it's almost like a deconstruction of a genre that has propelled Ridley Scott into fame, such as like fourteen ninety two or Gladiator. He's almost looking at those genre pieces and saying. Looking at this violence in a sense of awe is wrong. Looking at these men in a sense of their power, hungry ambition is wrong. And so for me, 
while it's not the masterpiece of Barry Lyndon, it had enough of that DNA to get me to appreciate what Ridley Scott was okay. doing. Okay, so I, I appreciate your appreciation. <laughs> I like it. I like it, you know, I like it when you go there, you open up your heart. You open up your heart to a movie. Yeah, it's hard. It's it hard. is. You've seen you've seen so many of them, and so often they're disappointing. Yeah. So I like it when you open up your heart. Here's my thing about this movie. I saw some of what you saw in it, although sometimes he gets a little bit on the nose. Like at sometimes. the end, when you get when you get to the card where it's about three million people died. Yeah, I get it. Three million people had to be fed into a meat grinder. So we could have this great man of history be great. So Napoleon could be Napoleon. And how fucked up is that? I'm, I mean, you, you know me well enough to know that I'm sympathetic to that particular I, line I of thing. Yeah. Right. But it still suffers from my cardinal sin of biopics, which is that it's just too much. It's too much of just a survey. It's too much of just, we're here, then we're there. Then it's, one minute it's Robespierre, then it's Josephine, then it's the battle. Da, 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 da. It just feels like, yeah, it's the same thing we had about Elvis. It's the same thing we had about. It's just it's yeah. too much. Find the moment or the thing or the relation because you think it's going to be about the Josephine thing, and honestly, I would have had the whole movie be about that. Yeah, yeah, I would have had the whole movie. I mean, because uh, Vanessa Kirby. Um, I described her as smoldering. Yeah, she's great. She's, I mean, she's she is, great. She, she, that is a huge, what she has to pull off in that role is you have to make her believe that someone would be obsessed with her. And she does it because she's hot, but she's also intriguing and weird and, and cool. And she's just perfect. And That's she a has great performance. She also has to sell this idea that she'd be interested in this person at all because he comes off as such a freaking weirdo, you oh, know, God, yeah. and, and, it is complimentary. That relationship makes sense. And if it and it's such a famous part of history, those those letters that you that they pass to one another and to try and understand them. Even Vanessa Kirby said to understand Josephine is like a contradiction. Same thing with Napoleon to say like there are people who are demanding like some sort of accuracy of depiction out of Napoleon and that no no historian can come down to a absolute understanding of this man like yeah. it, it it's... i mean we, we can shelve that right yeah. that line of i mean we've talked about these kinds of criticisms before it's just low-hanging fruit if you're the first person who gets online and says oh well, i don't know if it really happened this way i don't care yeah I don't care about that i don't care about that argument if you want to learn you know what they, there's probably there's probably a thousand. I mean, Napoleon is one of the most studied figures in history. Yeah. There's probably a thousand. There's probably more than a thousand monographs about Napoleon. You want to learn about Napoleon? Go forth. And I'm sure those people have all kinds of disagreements, especially about the internal stuff. Uh, you know, about which we can have no yeah, knowledge. Absolutely. Right? No direct knowledge. Right. We can simply speculate. And I mean, there are some legit funny moments. I mean, when he loses his shit at the British guy and says, you think you're so much better because you have boats. Like a child, <laughs> he says this. I mean, that is funny. Like, that was a great line. Ben, I, I keep quoting to Katie uh, to make her laugh. I say, destiny has brought me this lamb chop. <laughs> yeah, that is a great, that scene is great where they, it descends into the food fight. So yes, he holds these people in contempt yeah right he, or he holds i don't think he holds josephine in contempt actually but no. he definitely holds no. napoleon in contempt i mean to me 
we all know my stance here as the number one advocate of movie sex. And this is a hilarious bit of movie sex, right? Because she literally, I mean, presumably, you know, it usually is not the case that people depicting sex are actually having sex. Um, I'm assuming these two were not having sex. So it must have been a very easy thing for her to do because she literally responded as if nothing was happening. Yes. Happening. Yeah. Like she was she was being at least uh, in the story of the movie, she was being penetrated and she just sits there as if she has no sensation. As no, if nothing just... she her her affect does not change at all. Which I thought was a real as 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 uh Joaquin Phoenix as the pulley just sort of flops around behind her yeah. <laughs> uh, and defends himself in ten seconds. She literally does it's it's she's stoic and her expression does not change. Yeah. Uh, and I just thought, okay, yeah, I get that. I get what you're doing there. Yeah. Right. So sort of suggesting the like the potency, the the alleged potency of this powerful man is just has no effect. She doesn't even go to the trouble to be displeased. No. Right. She doesn't even exert the energy to to express displeasure no. at what's happening. She just uh, it's just a chore. Business. It's a chore. <laughs> and it, yeah. And not even yeah. a, a hard one. Yeah, she's like, oh, well. So I I just, I did think it was unfocused in that way. It went for too many things. It wanted to do big, it still wanted to do the big spectacle battles, which are pretty good and well executed and compelling to watch. Although the movie is very dark and very gray. They really desaturate the color. I don't think they were doing them. I think they made some technical decisions that were not doing them any favors there. I don't know why they, I mean, I understand that, you know, they didn't have the same kind of lighting we have. Uh, so indoors, you want to make it darker. You, that might feel more realistic or evoke the mood. But like the outdoor scenes, I thought you could have, there could have been a lot more vividness and just just the way that the movie was like color corrected or whatever. There was something there that didn't work for me. Yeah. Um, just very gray. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the Austerlitz stuff is good. I mean, that's a real compelling like visual. I mean, this that was a brutal. That was good. a brutal depiction. That that was a pretty awful. Like when well, they get get chased onto the ice, that is a a brutal outcome. So this, so this, I would say this movie like bad on the sex, but I would say good on the violence because I like it when the violence is brutal. If you're going to depict these terrible events, depict them. Yeah, depict them. Don't don't give us the distance. No, and of course that's part of that's part of his thematic or ideological project if you like is to say isn't this fucked up right yeah all these people had to just be destroyed be plunged into the water so these two guys later could have their meeting where they have to concede yeah napoleon you are kind of hot shit uh you got us there buddy like you really <laughs> are a genius yeah the... uh, like a lot of people had to die so he could be elevated in that way yeah. die in a very brutal and horrific fashion yeah the the depiction of the aristocracy as it enters like the midway through the movie where they show the emperor of russia and um austria and this this club that napoleon is desperately trying to get be part of and he has like a fanboyism to it like when he meets yeah, he's the a jumped ru- up guy he's a jumped up corsican he's yeah. not anybody he's not of noble birth he's he is a, i mean the one consensus is he is a military genius right that is something that everyone seems to agree on that he yeah. figured something i mean i don't study this stuff i don't know well enough to explain it but i feel like it's pretty well acknowledged that for a period of time he was he was brilliant in that way. Well, and and, and again, and there, so you know, you have that, right? Yeah, and there, and this go, will go hand in hand to I will address one of your 
your um, criticisms, which I, I think is very fair on a, a just an absolute superficial and organizational standpoint. I am not interested in seeing the full length of somebody's life. I think I, I agree with you. I think structurally those are those become very um, tiresome. They become unfocused, as you said, and I think that that is legitimate. What what subtly works a little better for me in this way is the fact that we have a protagonist who is who almost can't muster a reaction nor a decision of his own making through these grand historical events, like events yeah. that we know. And what I liked about that is it. I I feel like Ridley Scott's just somnambulantly using his protagonist to go to event to event and having a, a lack of initiative. He's almost kind of mocking the idea of the man, this man of destiny, because he's almost taking it literally. If this man is of destiny and it's not one of, of calculation or creation, like pe- how people describe him in history, it just sort of happens he's to just him. Showing up. He's 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 uh, it's Napoleon as Forrest Gump. He's just yeah. sort of showing up there. Yeah, that's what he always ends up in the place. That's what I mean. Happening. It feels that way. That's why it opens up with a, a, a inaccuracy that he's there with Marie Antoinette. He wasn't there, but it feels as though it's Forrest Gumpian that he's just like, oh, I happen to be there. Oh, I happen to be you know where Robespierre was. I happen to be at these places, and the destiny just falls into his lap. And I feel like that's part of the fabric of the joke. I'm not saying this is master, a masterpiece or masterfully done, but I could, I could definitely see the playfulness that Ridley Scott had with the material and structuring it in, in, and almost like playing around with that structure. Like, because I, I don't think that's Scarpa's choice. I think Scarpa made a historical Epic that went through the motions, like event to event to event that, you know, and I think it's Ridley Scott's interpretation of that stuff that he, he wanted to invoke that criticism. Some of it's on the nose, but uh, honestly, judging from the reactions from people like uh, such as just personal people that I know, like friends and my brother, um, they just don't get it. It, They almost need the punching. They almost need the overt. I mean, someone said to me that uh, that she'd heard that you should watch this as a comedy. Yeah, right? I mean, so th- this idea is out there, right? It's not. Yeah. It's not. I mean, I don't, not to take away from your your trenchant and excellent and very original analysis, but th- th- is, this idea has been floated by other people. No, right? no, yeah, uh, I've I've read some from other people to orient that perspective. That uh, when when you lean into the camp, like uh, the first person I texted when I got out was David, our friend David Gutierrez, friend and I said I was so surprised but mostly because of how funny I found it, you know, especially because of the material. And he was, he agreed. He was like, yeah, I, it was oddly funny, intentional or not, not sure. But I think that there's a lot of evidence to say that it is intentional. Oh, it's definitely, it's it's definitely intentional to some extent. Right. Yeah. I, I still would propose the test though, that um, when you evaluate the story construction of one of these movies, the, the more it looks like, um, like uh, the more it tracks the Wikipedia entry about this person, the yeah. less I'm going to like it. The more it just looks like the survey section of the Wikipedia entry where it's like, well, this is a bit we got to talk about this one. 
This one is big. Like this one got its own heading on Wikipedia. So we really better <laughs> include that. Oh, Waterloo. ABBA has a song about that. So we got to really, really I was, lean into I honestly it. expected him to play it. I expected <laughs> him to play it. Because I feel like there is some modern music that cuts in occasionally to the it, movie. It feels modern, doesn't it? I, I think it has like guitar in, in, yeah, in it. Yeah, there's some weird moments. It's not, we're not talking, it's not quite Knight's Tale type situation, but we, there are some moments where I feel like a little bit of modern music cut in. But yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I mean, I wish I found it funnier than I did. It it certainly had funny moments. I really just wish they would have gone. I mean, I I think it would have enhanced the comedy and especially this sort of comedy of manners thing you're suggesting. If they'd really focused on the relationship and the interpersonal stuff. And the battles had almost been like an afterthought. Sure. And then you could could have made me an hour 45, like, tight movie where – you're totally fucking with audience expectations because the battles are in the background, which is the opposite, right? You'd expect the personal relationships in the sort of great man, great general story would be the personal relationships that are in the background and you foreground the battles and the tactical genius and the greatness. If you foreground the relationship and the battles are almost the afterthought, right? Um, I just feel like that would be... I mean, why do we... like? Like this is a good question. Like what? Like whether we think this movie is good or really good or okay or whatever. Barry Lyndon is great. Like what makes Barry Lyndon great? Well, Barry Lyndon is certainly less about the battles. I mean, there are battles in it, but that's and they're very, very minim- minimalist and and stark. Yeah. And you're like, oh, just people dropping down. I mean, they have a little bit of that in the Waterloo section where these British the the British lines are lined up, and then they're just filling in the gaps. And you're like, yeah, it's. It's brutal. This is the this kind of warfare is just just throwing bodies, throwing yeah. bo- as many bodies at the enemy as possible is just awful. It's just yeah. it's just awful. No, I mean he gets like I said, he gets the brutality, and I appreciate that, and I think that's the right way to do it. I totally yeah. agree with yeah. that. But you could have depicted the brutality very quickly, and then I feel like if you would if you had immediately and almost violently, I guess to use maybe a funny word in this context. Uh, violently juxtapose those things. I just think it makes for a more interesting movie. I understand why that doesn't happen. I mean, to me, these movies, they still, it still feels like too many cooks. It still feels like serving too many masters. It's like, well, we're going to do the battles and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. It just, it has some of that element of trying to be all things to all people. And I just think I would have personally, I mean, I mean, honestly, so I also had a conversation with someone about this. To me, the best biopic we've seen in a long time is Tar, right? Yeah. Tar is not a biopic, of course, technically, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Maybe it's loosely based on someone. Maybe it isn't. Who really cares? But it's that, you know, to me, the challenge of cinematic storytelling, right, is you need to know where the gold is and you need to go straight for that, right? And we've got all kinds of screenwriting tropes you know arrive late get there early you know get there late arrive or leave early get whatever you know what i'm saying (laughs) i do like you want you need to zero down laser focused on what is interesting and just get rid of everything else and i just think that there's there's just a million ways you could have structured this in that wouldn't just be in this linear survey fashion where you could have made a better movie and done a lot better service to both the humor that you're seeing and the themes that you're seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because if it's, if it's just constantly him being kind of domed by this woman in the middle of like him, 
him doing these battles where tens of thousands of people need to die so he can become the great man of history. To me, that just is more impactful than when it kind of just all, you know, it's just, like I said, like the whole, like even the burning of Moscow thing, it's like, yeah, that's a big dramatic moment and it's interesting and it's kind of crazy but it just kind of comes and then it goes and then we're on to the next thing. I mean, thing. that scene has one of my favorite lines is when he sits on that throne and the yes. birds are shitting on that throne. And he goes, uh, what, what does he say? Uh, there's dignity in losing. <laughs> He's almost like, come out, come out. I mean, it's like, it's like the scene in Ghostbusters where Peter Beckman plays the piano, right? I mean, it's like, come on out here. Like, yeah, very much. Well, he's, and- like, he's like, where are you guys? <laughs> hoping someone will pop out of the ground so we can fucking fight them. Yeah, very much. Yeah, that, that has that very, very much that feeling. Well, and I agree with you in the in the sense that had it focused on an event or or a, a chapter, like one of these chapters, and you you could survey the the relationship with Josephine, you could survey the the need for to be part or, of this or aristocracy, even just, or even just fuck with the timeline. Start just just making just just maybe maybe we're at Waterloo and then we're flashing back, or maybe we're at Austerlitz, we're flashing back, we're flashing forward. Just do something. Yeah, there, right? the, I can. I mean, there's a million ways you could do it. Yeah. Right. You know, we could talk about that all day. But I just, it, to me, when when it when we do this Wikipedia entry thing, I just start at some point to glaze over. Sure, yeah. I just I just start to glaze over. And yes, do I perk up and laugh when he says, "You just think you you think you're so cool because you got boats." That's not the literal line, but <laughs> it's essentially <laughs> like a, like a, like an angry schoolboy. Do I per, or, or the with the lamb chop shit? Yeah, I perk up. I tune in, and yeah, when, like I said, I like the battles for what they are, but it just it doesn't. I know there's something about that mode of story that just leaves me cold. And maybe yeah. that's just a personal thing, but it's it's still it it I don't think I'm wrong to say that it is kind of the path of least resistance. Oh, I mean, absolutely. It's the, most, it's the first option that suggests itself, right? Yeah. And to me it's not um it doesn't bring a lot to the table. Well, and and that's why like I said, just just my experience, and maybe it was because I went in with fairly low expectations. I I always I didn't, the route to happiness. Well, always, the always the route for, route for sure. I didn't much care for the trailers, um, and and the trailers did not necessarily. Yeah, you hated the trailers. I remember this. You were very down on the trailers. Hated the trailers, uh, especially the second one. They had like this. Uh, remixed version of war pigs from black sabbath and i was like i hate this so much i remember that i remember you were yeah you were not it was that was uh, the anti-kyle that was the anti-kyle aesthetic i mean if you want to really piss me off with your trailer put a remix version of the modern song like uh that's the smashing pumpkins bullet with butterfly wings and uh the last voyage of the demeter like i was like i hate this choice i I hate it it so much it reminds me of the you know it's just so on the nose that you have to laugh. Yeah. Like I think Adam Adam Curtis made this observation about you see some evil businessman and then money by Pink Floyd starts playing <laughs> in the background. Like we get it. Like we get it. Come on. I mean, that's not exactly the most, you know, it's just, it's, it's real paint by numbers shit. Very right? much. But um, so for me, <clears throat> the, the, the the historical epic framework, which is typically, and I totally agree with you, usually it just, 
I start to turn off. I start to glaze over. I find it uninteresting. There's another biopic coming out this year that I've seen. You have not seen. Maybe we'll talk about it. Is Maestro. And I despised its structure. Oh, wow. See, there we go. A little preview. A little preview. Now Um, I'm going to have to like it. Now you you have to take the the opposite. Yeah. yeah. I have to to go pro. I have to go pro on that one. But, uh, I, I don't know. It kind of fit. It just fit in the performance Joaquin Phoenix was doing. Just his this sleepy-eyed, stoic, petulant child, man-child that's going through it. I I I felt like it was part of hitting the the ideas of the legacy, and then having a big joke at the end that even people will never remember his legacy in the way that it will always be debated and always be, uh, you know, history will have its way with the subject. I just like that the commentary is of a man who we we know of in history, but do we know at all, really? And so there's a constant referencing to that with the the Egyptians, with the, with the fact that the Austrian um, princess or whatever who he gets married to to have a child, she like arrives and he's like, "Do I do I resemble my portrait?" Like you know, there's <laughs> <laughs> that is a great line. That is a great. No, you're right. There are some there are some real zingers. It sounds like I'm talking about yeah. a forty year old virgin or something. There's some well, real zingers. I mean, and and I but feel there are like some real zingers. Well, yeah, and I feel like it is a part of the the the. The construction of it is a criticism. And what is it a criticism? Why would you tell Napoleon now? Is it just to take the opportunity? Is it just to take that? And I'm gonna I'm gonna offer a, a thought nugget to you, Ben. Um, a thought you, nugget. A thought nugget. nugget. Do you think that this is about history, or do you think it's about now? Do you think he Napoleon is a man child okay, throwing okay, tantrums? You got to put, put down a better marker. I think I know where you're going, but, but because the the right answer is it's always about now. Every story yes. we tell now is always about now. And well, and and so does he resemble a sort of uh, person in pow- who has had power and wants to come back from exile and through insurrection? Jo- George Santos. George Santos. George Santos. Yeah, he was just he was just ousted. <laughs> just recently booted. <laughs> booted. Uh, you know, uh, rest in peace, King. Uh, you, will, you will be missed. Uh, what, what's his next act, man? Get, get that guy on TV. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, I mean, someone's making that movie. So oh, there's absolutely. Probably, there's probably, I mean, how many screenwriters are like scribbling that at that one right oh, now? Oh, definitely. Trying to, write, trying to trying to be the first person to write a good script about that guy. Uh, so here's the thing, though. What's funny? I I, I hear where you're going. And it's funny to say this, but I mean, this Napoleon is so much more likable than Trump, right? Oh, for sure. Because he seems like kind of an innocent, which is kind of part of the joke. Like he seems a little bit, he seems at points childlike. Like there's one scene where he wants to have sex with Josephine. He ultimately pulls her under a table and he's just going like, bleh, bleh, bleh. He's, just <laughs> he's making, mumbling he's, and whimpering. He's, he's just, <laughs> and, and I mean, I, I can, um, you know, who amongst us, right, hasn't feels with, but he's just so horny out there. He's just horny on Maine, and he's just making weird sounds because he's just like a horny boy who wants to get it in. And to me, that is funny. But also, I could never imagine Trump doing that. I actually think Trump um, is probably asexual. Um, he doesn't. He seems very unpleasant. And I couldn't imagine him having just like an unadulterated moment of hunger and passion because he's so. He's so non-human in that way. <laughs> he's so, I don't know, he's just so, he just, 
he just seems disgusted by it. you know he seems like it seems like his pre- he just seems to be disgusted by everything yeah. and he seems to hold everything he doesn't seem to be a person that has like joy in his life right uh he seems to find everything disgusting and disdainful whereas like napoleon really wants to do that thing with josephine and he does take joy and pleasure from her like whatever you want to say about him that character clearly like has real affection oh, uh, it takes real joy and pleasure from her on a number of levels, absolutely, both and intellectual. So, to me, I it it's more like if you want to pick. I mean, honestly, to me, that's more Biden than Trump, right? Where you <laughs> see, like, like sometimes he seems evil, sometimes he seems like an innocent, sometimes he seems like he could be an okay dude. Other times, you're like, what the fuck is going on with this guy? What is he even saying? He sometimes he gets upset, you know. He has like a temper, like when he shouts at the British guy. So to me, to me, that's you know, um, he feels more like that. He's, mm. uh, but but I mean, do do I think the movie's a general commentary on powerful people and the sort of grossness yeah. of yeah. all that? Of yeah. course, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, but I mean, you know, you know, we've talked about this so many times. I'm never against these readings. I also think that especially with Trump, especially coming into this next year, everything's going to be about Trump. You're not going to be able to have a commercial about someone making a ham sandwich without people seeing something about Trump in it. it in it, I'm sure a lot of this stuff that is lurking in the back, but I also think it can kind of be a brain disease where you just oh sure you just can't cross the street and you know without thinking oh what is this you know something about trump here yeah i mean i I, what i saw in it and i agree with you the likability of this napoleon is is eons more than than a a current figure like like barry linden right yes more likable than barry linden yeah and 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 you're right because the relationship he has with josephine is arguably very tender and intimate um that through the letters there is this misunderstanding between them but then when they're like getting that divorce the like sanctioned state divorce none of but neither of them want to do it they're both kind of saying they love each other and there's something really endearing about that that even even with all everything said and done even with power ambition and all the things that he's doing that still at the core of it he does love this woman and uh and you're right had had the movie focused on one or so of these elements i think it would have pierced through with the commentary much like in the um, yorgos lanthimos movie he did the favorite you know that one yeah. you know focuses in on this triangle of this relationship and the power dynamics of the throne and uh and and it it in it magnifies it and and through that comedy of manners and and etiquette it really shines through because he's a master at it. We haven't, I haven't seen poor things yet, although that comes out next week. Um, so I'm excited to see what, what he has to say about manners again. Cause that's, that's his bread and butter. But, um, but with this, like, Oh, oh go ahead. Oh, I, I, I was just, I was just going to say that I do want to, well, you finish your point and then I'll make this point. Well, so ultimately it's like this one surprised me. It surprised me because it had some of the DNA of movie of, of Kubrick in it and his disdain for uh, the, of power and of men uh, who, who small minded men of power. And and you can see this as like a continuation of uh, Ridley Scott's Romulus, you know, and Gladiator, like Joaquin Phoenix casting him in this in this vein makes a lot of sense because that that is who you associate that partnership of him and Scott. And so I I was just, uh, I was impressed by it having even a, a bit of that DNA, even that, that bit of 
humor and um and commentary and criticism the production value i agree is is mostly in scale and impressive but then at times the colorization goes against it i i again i i think that that is uh that's oftentimes a Ridley Scott choice. He does like his grays. Uh, he did the same kind of visual texture in The Last Duel, which was also very good. Um, I, I did enjoy that one. Um, and so I don't, I don't know. Maybe I was just surprised that it had anything of of commentary and value beyond what you would assume of these movies. Yeah. And so that made me appreciate my watch tenfold more i was just like oh i'm getting something a little more out of it than when i was really expecting not much and and i was expecting to just go through the motions and because it punctures through with the humor i think joaquin phoenix is pretty masterful even though he's just sensationally weird i think uh, vanessa kirby is also uh fantastic in it and it's those kind of like those little like uh foundational pieces those pillars that prop it up Great scale production value, good performances, some bit of commentary. It's not a masterpiece in any of those regards, but it really did keep my attention. And that's hard to do for two and a half hours. And yeah. uh, a lot of these movies tend to uh, get tiresome in, in general. Yeah, well, in, especially in an age when there's just so many spectacle movies that we just can't stand. Yeah. And we want these movies to be good and they're not good. And it's frustrating and it's a bummer. I want to do. I want to just for my sort of final thought. I do want to dwell on the com- the comparison with Barry Lyndon a little bit. Yeah, I think, it, I think because Lyndon also does feel kind of like a survey. Granted, that once again a fictional survey, but it, it does have the scope. It does have the same, not quite lifelong scope, but a very long scope of this person's life. And I was thinking about it a second because that seems to work against my thesis about these long surveys. Which I do think this is a generally pretty good heuristic for whether I'm going to like these movies or not, is the extent to which they 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 do kind of stretch out in this particular way. Yeah. But the reason it works in Barry Lyndon is because the length is the point. Yeah. Because what yeah. you learn in the movie, and the movie has, I, I think it's very, like, I do still think that Napoleon is pretty unfocused, and I think it's trying to make kind of a bunch of different points. Like, And I think that is something it suffers from, is that lack of focus. I think generally speaking, in, a, in when you're telling a story, if it's really clear and you have it really clear in your head, it's going to kind of have one. It's going to kind of have one point that it's really there to or one theme or one idea that it's driving home. The point of Barry Lyndon, right, is that he's always the same and that he wants all these insane things and he gets them and he's still just that guy. So it's about this tragedy of ambition, Right. He transforms his life in these insane, improbable ways, much like Napoleon, right, the jumped-up Corsican. He transforms his life in these insane, improbable ways, but he's still the same piece of shit. And he's also still the guy in the end who does, like, one this one good thing by trying to spare the boy, right, and spare, you know, not kill him in a duel when he easily could, right? Because, because... At that, because at the end of the day, he hasn't changed, and he doesn't want to do that because he still has whatever shred of decency he had, and th- that last little bit of ambition that would make him just not care if he killed that guy or not. Uh, he doesn't, you know, he can't get there. Yeah. So he remains this like tremendously ambitious but still somewhat limited person who goes through all these changes, and so it becomes about the sort of poisonous of ambition. Right. And and how all the shit that you think matters just doesn't matter. And that is in this movie to some extent. But it's yeah. also about all these other things it's about this relationship and what that's all about 
It's about, you know, yeah, how do we think of great men of history? And it isn't kind of gross that we glorify these people when they get what they get. They get this reputation, this immortality on the backs of, I mean, he looks at the mummy, right? He, like you said, the Egyptians thing, he's thinking about immortality. Like, and how did the um, the Egyptian pharaohs get their quote unquote immortality? Because they they built these pyramids and now everyone goes and sees them, right? And sees their mummies in in uh, museums. So they got a form of immortality. I think it's probably not what they actually wanted, but they got something. So to me, the movie, it just, I just wish it had been more focused. Yeah. And I think it's very, and that's why, you know, Kubrick is Kubrick, right? He could make a three hour epic that was still laser focused on what was interesting yes. and compelling. And I do think there's interesting and compelling things in this movie, but I do I do not think it is as laser focused as I would like for it to have um, to have been what I would have wanted it to be. Oh, for sure, yeah, and 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 you know that that's me trying to. You know, th- this year has been you know, generally not very good, and so you know you're trying to find some sort of appreciation, some sort of thing to hold on to with a lot of these movies. And uh, I do find that, uh, especially when you do compare it to what is a sensational distillation of aristocracy, uh, the the faulty pursuit of ambition. Barry Lyndon is so masterfully done that every chapter, while it might not seem, yeah, it might not seem as though it is a part of the framework. It is ultimately like it's a D it's, it's a detour to ultimately the same point. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, to, to, uh, had it, it would have been amazing to see what Kubrick would have done with an, uh, Napoleon movie, but I would argue that we do see what, what he would have distilled and what he would have argued is in Barry Lyndon. Like he, he saw yeah. that somebody who moves up in the ranks, somebody who manipulates and, and cons their way through the system um, that is unfairly and, um, and prejudiced uh, to, to, to a lot to people who are not born within it and uh, ultimately it is to their own demise and and ultimately dies forgotten and uh it also never mattered because that history is sort of gone and that that aristocracy and that the that royalty that lordship is also gone so uh, i i like that napoleon tries from a vantage point to to survey a man that is, you can say Napoleon to anybody, and they understand who, kind of who that was. And so I think the ambition, you know, they, you know, the ambition yeah. was larger than the grasp, you know, but I well, also I'm, I'm think, you, appreciate it. I'm glad it. you like this. I think yeah. it's good. This was good. This was like the good level of disagreement where we disagree some. We're not way apart because then it's a little harder to, to figure <laughs> yeah. out what to say. Well, no, and I totally get it. Like, I totally get, like, why you would. You, the 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 things that you have pointed out just didn't hit the same way for me in a in a negative yeah. as it usually well, does. It just uh, it was a different sort of texture well, this it, time it, for by me. It, by itself, it's a pretty weak tea criticism to say a movie's not a timeless classic. I mean, most <laughs> are even the ones we really like. Most of them are oh for sure. But but but, but we reach for the paradigms because they can give us insight, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so, so I mean, yeah, it's not as good as Barry Lyndon or whatever. Like, yeah, most movies aren't, but. I do think, it, I just think it's interesting to think about like why that, when you look at something that really works versus something that only kind of works, it's, I think sometimes that you, 
what you see in that gap is what's interesting to me. So Absolutely. I was just trying to articulate like what I saw in the gap there. Yeah. Well, and something great in this thing, which is yeah. good or okay or however, but it's it's not great. Well, and and I think you've come at it, you know, and uh, based off of the criticisms and, and praises, I've I've seen some praises for this movie that are a little off the mark. So I I like that we've come to a good sense of it because n- now people, I, I I think our our paradigm, our 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 split. Uh, is representative of the experience of what you're going to have. You so, and and some might hate it more than you, and some might like it more than yeah, me. Yeah, I did not hate this movie. Yeah, I did not yeah. hate this movie. I, was, I do. I and I and I did. You know. Yeah. I definitely. I. Yeah, I definitely didn't hate this movie. There were some aspects of it that I really liked, and I, I definitely left it feeling well. Yeah, I got I got something out of that. Sure, right? that wasn't yeah. that wasn't just drudgery. <laughs> it was it wasn't that not for me. Um, well, I thought this was good. I was I was glad it was funny because like you were like, what are we going to talk about? And there were so many options, but uh, I'm glad you chose Napoleon. I've been talking about it with people, and uh, I was glad to talk about it with you. Well, excellent. So, what, what's what should we do next? What should we do? It's a good question. Depends on when we can meet and when we can do this. I suppose we could do another Zoom one next week if we can't meet up in person again because of me. This is my fault. I, no, no, no. I, I, <laughs> I gotta. I, I will make it work. <laughs> we'll make it work. I, I gotta find myself in your uh, luminous presence. Well, uh, what I mean, we had the new God that the Japanese Godzilla movie come out this weekend. I won't get to see it until I get back, I suppose. But that's if we want to tackle. Apparently, it's quite good. Um, Godzilla minus kaiju. one. I don't think we've done any kaiju movies. No, we haven't. I don't think um, we're, we're kaiju virgins. I mean, there's. Well, if you oh, oh out this weekend actually, if you could see, it's going to be on Netflix. Is going to be May December, the new Todd Haynes movie. Oh yeah, no, that's uh, getting a lot of buzz. Um, of buzz. I would love to talk about that, or we could do the John Woo action movie Silent Night. Uh, but I would prefer to talk about May December. Okay, okay, I think May <laughs> December is a good choice. It's All May right. December, we love a Netflix movie. Well, then well, let's uh, let's plan on doing that. Okay, brother, uh, that's Kyle. He uh, he knows I know movies and you don't. Go support his Patreon. He is getting married. He needs your money. <laughs> uh, he is. We want him to. You know, we don't want him to be destitute or starving prior to that. So, st- go subscribe to his Patreon. And then uh, with Ben Thalen, Dead Reckoner Substack, you can find his musings, his writings, when he feels compelled to do when so. When I feel compelled, you know, sometimes. <laughs> uh, but seriously, uh, be well, get home safe, and uh, thank yeah. you all for listening. Absolutely. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.